Hello, and welcome to the If We Knew Then podcast. I'm Stephen Sox. And I'm Lori Sox. Today we're celebrating our 18th wedding anniversary, and we, we're celebrating it with you. <laughs> <laughs> there was no exchange of gifts, no... Cards. We, we did cards. We, we made cards. Uh, no weekends away, no special dinner, just this, because when it comes down to it... This is us. Yeah. Like, this is this is who we are. Sophia and was so sweet because she was like, you know, if you want to, I don't know, part of it could be because she wants to babysit her brother and kind of you know, the rule the house type of thing. But if you guys want to go out and have a meal. I actually think that, meal, that she's just like a nice kid. Well, good, good. Well, then scratch <laughs> what I said. But she said, if you really want to go out and have a meal, I'll just be home with Liam. You guys can go on a date. And I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, date sounds fun. But... Who wants to them. date their wife? <laughs> to <laughs> quote love, when Harry met Sally. That's right. <laughs> we but can we, date. But we, uh, we, uh, our family is the, uh, together is what is It's what we are. It's yeah. who we are. And I thought that that to me is something worth talking about. That this is our 18th wedding anniversary. We've been married for 18 years. So our marriage is... A legal adult. Hmm. It is old enough to fight for its country and vote and go off to college. Not quite old enough to buy cigarettes, I think. Our marriage doesn't smoke. (laughs) Or drink. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, it's been 18 years. And when we were married 18 years ago today, this definitely... I don't even know if I thought, I don't even know if I thought ahead, which is what, what you do when you're in love. You're just in love. And that is the foundation of this relationship. I can go back even further. And I, and I remember, you know, when we met and butterflies in my stomach and wondering, you know, when the next time I might see him again. And I think when, what my experience is, because we are not marriage counselors, we are not counselors of any sort, we are not professionals, we do not claim to know everything, we just share our story. And in the last couple months, what I've realized is I forgot the butterflies. I forgot that feeling of wondering if I was going to see him and shopping for a new outfit and pretending that it's something that was in my closet all along. And I don't know. I think some of those things may be archaic things that women did. And I and I hope I'm in no way neglecting our evolution of equanimity as women. No, but to be excited for... You to know, just be excited. Together, to just yeah. be excited. And 
this journey that we've had with Liam, you know, a lot of people, they do tell you out of the gate the impact that your child with Down syndrome will have on your relationship. And I think it does, it can take its toll and, and it does end some relationships. And I completely understand that. Um, I, there have been times in our relationship where I've had to put on the brakes and just say, I cannot go any further if this is the way we're going to go down the path. Like this needs to change. This is what I need. And I've learned over the last 18 years that communication has been so important to our existence. In no way is our relationship like this perfect thing that is done with ease. But I think what makes it easier is that we communicate. And I've learned that. I can't say, you know, coming into it, <laughs> if we have a couch, please lay down, Lori, and tell us, you know, just what my relationship was with relationships, what my relationship was with love and with trust and all of that that goes into any evolution of a human being. As we evolve and become who we are, the different paths we take, the different choices we make, Having children, if you have children, that just right off the bat, that changes everything. It changes the complete dynamic. It changes the focus of your life. It changes the focus of your relationship. And, you know, I, I just, I look back at the, the slow progression and I didn't always do it right. And I think as far as changing, it was so, it was so important for me when things came up to actually see them for what they were. You know, I had one of those conversations when Sophia was born and we were up all night. And I think maybe I felt like I was up more than you were because I was definitely nursing and doing all mm -hmm. the other things that only I could do. And I remember one time just being like, I can't, I can't just do this alone. I can't feel that I'm alone. And that was such an important conversation to have because I believe as women sometimes we don't have that conversation. We don't have it in so many different realms because of whatever we think that we're supposed to be or whatever we think that we're supposed to do. And, you know, I just yesterday caught a glimpse of myself in a, a picture that Sophia took in a store where I thought I was being real cute in these like goofy glasses. And she took that picture and she showed it to me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I look so tired. Please delete that picture. And, and I just, I realized that, you know, just over the last couple of weeks, I had burned the candle at both ends and I had stepped out of the house doing something for someone else. And I didn't take that time to check in. And I didn't take that time for self-care. There was, I didn't even apply lip gloss, which to me is like, I always at least try to apply a little lip gloss. That's I think, the minimum, right? I, well, no, I think that lip gloss is like minimum effort, maximum output, maximum <laughs> output. That to me, yeah, lip right. gloss is like, I, I don't, I, maybe I just you feel better. You get a better. lot of miles out I of it. I do. I do personally. And okay. I could be wrong. Like I've, I, I could absolutely be wrong, but it's how I feel. But having those conversations and taking care of yourself in a relationship I've learned is so important because I don't know if I had that in my toolbox. Well, I don't think the stakes were ever as high as they are when you're married than in, in a lot of other relationships, especially when kids come along, everything intensifies. And everybody changes, like everything changes. You change. 
You I mean, are a different I mean, person. We're totally different, right? Yeah. From when we got married. Then I had to go from, I'm different coming from a different place and relating with you being different coming from a different place. And we have to do that together. How does that work together, right? And so... We've had many, you've changed conversations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I, I mean... Mostly uh, overall. for the better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Way overall. <laughs> but for sometimes the not for the better. Sometimes it's like, wow, you're jaded. Wow, you're cynical. Wow. Sure. And that could be just and, living in LA. That could be like. But I think this, I think that, and I'm jumping ahead from Sophia to like and IPs, but I think that comes from, you know, this path, not because our son has Down syndrome, but like our fight for Liam's education. That, that made us so cynical. That made you know, that, that created in me someone who does not expect the best. And I've always expected the best foolishly. So in some like, well, not foolishly in, in my heart, but other people will be like, mm. but I didn't, I never cared. And I did find myself like and, that I've talked about is that when we got done and out of that carpenter school that I just expected everybody to pull the rug from under my feet. And like, I didn't trust anything. And that seeps into the rest of your life. If you think that that doesn't seep into other areas, it seeps into other areas. Also knowing the struggles that Liam has, or we've had with Liam through the educational system or just through society in general, it opens our eyes. Like you had said in the last episode, it opens our eyes to other injustices in the world for other groups. And that's heavy. I feel a responsibility to change myself and spread the word of what equality is and, and kindness justice because you see that you see yeah. how much it makes a difference i mean kindness in itself makes the biggest difference in our lives kindness to each other like just you know at this new school people are so kind and they care mm-hmm. and i have you know recently i think since getting out of and getting into a healthy environment i see that like that really is what matters? I, I think about, now we'll go back, we'll go back 18 years. And I remember when I first, the first time I went home to your home over the holidays and uh, to meet your family. Oh, yeah. And it was, it was the uh, winter holiday time. And I don't know, I know I've met other people's families before. And I don't even know if that, like the weight of that, I mean, I was pretty like, I don't know if I felt the weight of it. I don't know. Maybe Let's I just preface didn't. the fact that I, could, I, for basically my whole life, enjoyed going into a room of strangers. I don't. And le- you're right. And I learning, still don't. Learning their names and introducing myself and talking. That's not something that you enjoy. No. You enjoy talking to people uh-huh. and, and very interested in them. But to be thrown into a room of strangers is not a comfortable place. No. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. But from my aspect, but I didn't I think had to, that... I had to learn though. I had to learn that it, there was nothing wrong with that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like that was me. Yeah, that's probably part and of the Part of the anxiety was yeah, like, right. I know this is wrong. And it took me a super long... It took well, me until... I was insensitive to it because I didn't you, experience that. And I just assumed that, hell yeah, just go into the room and start talking, right? Hey, it's fine, right? Yeah. Well, so I wasn't a support. I wasn't supporting you in that way like I did later, but it compounded probably the fact that you thought you were wrong in the fact that you felt that way too. 
I also thought I was simple. Remember? I remember I said, <laughs> this is funny. This is like, this a, is, this is like funny because so I go, I said, I, you know, I'm good. I'm pretty simple. All I need is my yoga and an eggnog latte. And, and we were in New Orleans in, you know, the early 2000s. And you, and you told and me not like, to say that to anybody. Yeah, <laughs> like, You're like, please don't say that. <laughs> please, that's not simple. That is, And I could say it like with a little accent and be like, all I need. you're like latte when I'm thinking. Eggnog, okay, but eggnog. Eggnog latte. Eggnog I'm latte. At, well, I still at, love them. At my home at the time, we're getting like taster's choice or something. <laughs> and, <laughs> you like used to drink Seven Eleven coffee when I met you. Oh yeah, and I've with turned a lot you, of creamer. I've turned you into a coffee style, and I used to well, drink, now I just use drink those black coffee. coffee but yeah. I, but that is a change too. Like you right. think that it's all these changes in your life, and we're going on you know now eighteen years, and we'll say it again, but eighteen years and all the changes, everything. Yeah, and when you talk about um, that, it was really hard for me. And that I ju- it was a lot of self-judgment. I don't think the self-judgment really stopped until uh, we had children, Sophia, and then Liam came along. You think and it really, stopped? Sophia, not, well, I don't think it's, I think I still judge myself. I try not to, but I'm aware when I'm judging myself. I think I judge myself more now. I, but I am aware of my effect that self-judgment has on Sophia mm. and even Liam. And mm. that it wasn't until like, Sophia didn't want to go to a party or be around a lot of people. And I saw her judge and I was just like, no, that's just who you are. And you be you. You be you. Mm. See, I'm naive enough to think that my self-judgment is concealed in myself. No, it comes out in this tone. It comes out. You have a tone. (laughs) You wouldn't admit it, but he has a tone that you're just like, well, whatever you're feeling right now, can you just stop? Because you're like. I'm a dad. No, it's not no, even it's that. Not even it's dead, like just such a tone. it's a tone. But I think that being aware just came, you know, from having kids and then you have this person outside of you and all of those conversations that you have, you see the impact that they have on another human. Mm-hmm. And it's I think that, of the things that But Liam you have says. that same same impact on you. Like the words that you say on yourself. to yourself. Ah, yeah. Like you say them to yourself. Yeah. And I always, because I would always tell Sophia, like, would you, if she would say like some self-judgy kind of thing, I'd say, so if your best friend said that to you, would they still be considered your best friend? And she'd be like, no. And I'd be like, so you should be your first, you should be your own best friend. And now I had heard that like on Oprah many, many years before. And I was like, mm-hmm, I should be my own best friend. Yeah, I'm well, because be my the own voice best you friend. hear in your head when you're thinking about what am I doing for the day? How am I going about things? Am I doing this right? Is your voice? I know, but I didn't really like. Even though I knew I had to be my own best friend, I don't think it's solidified until I saw someone that I super, super, just I, I adore and love. Which we should all be able to say that about ourselves. We adore yes. and love ourselves. That should be like. I'm still trying should. to get Sophia to do my mirror. I know. Therapy. Uh, <laughs> and everyone laughs at me in the family. Well, because you're the only one who does it. No, I, I don't <laughs> actually do it much anymore. I, no. But growing up, I did, and it really helped me. Mm-hmm. It, but I was an only child and spent a lot of time in my room alone, like acting plays out and different things or different kind of games that I had created Physical for myself. Comedy. Yeah, seeing how many times I could fall down in a certain way or whatever. But sometimes I would, well, I made it kind of a, a time to myself where I'd look in the mirror. I just had this mirror that I... Who taught you to do this? Did you just no, think, nobody. I'm going to do it? I just thought, I want to talk to you. And I was I had no really? one else in the room. That's I so profound. I want to talk to myself. Like, I would never, I would never I was probably think, like 10. Uh, honestly, that's not who you present to the world when I met you. Mm. I would never, 
I would never think that you even needed that, but maybe doing that oh, actually I, is what gave you gave me a confidence. Yeah, because you have yeah. a good con- you have a uh, such a healthy confidence. Oh, good. That I've always like coveted. Like I, I wanted that. Go, but go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, Share. just which the... is something I've learned over eighteen years. I finally, and it's probably like in the last year. You'll say like in the last day was that not to interrupt or to go back (laughs) like I just I I'm aware of listening and letting you finish in my habit of jumping in (laughs) well no I do it I do it as well because but go ahead your mirror exercise yeah it's kind of mirror therapy I guess I've told Sophia to do it and I think it's a good thing especially for a tweener or a teenager to look in the mirror and look at yourself right in the eye. So you get maybe like two or three inches from the mirror and you can look in, you can look around your face. I spent a lot of time looking in the mirror at different faces I made for different things because I would always try to make like goofy faces or expressions or I'd, a, a, as a kid, I, I got to where I was like, oh, I wonder if I can make myself cry, right? So let me look how long it took me to make, make a tear come out of my eye or something like that. And, and so I'd get really close to the mirror and look at myself as if I was this this other person outside of myself that I could almost hold hands with and just look in the eyes. And it's a very intense thing to do. Even with your partner, it's intense to just look in someone, um, someone's eyes for a long time. It's much easier to do with someone that you're intimate with, at least in your immediate family. Um, so if you can do this yourself in the mirror, you're becoming closer to yourself is how I always felt. But to say things... And you were 10. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. That's amazing. But I, I'd say things to myself as simple as, I love you, or I like your eyes, or you can do it. All these things that you'd say to someone else if you were encouraging them and loving them. And and it got emotional sometimes where, especially I'd go to the mirror when I was upset about something, and I'd cry to myself in the mirror, or I'd sometimes I'd just sil- and I had to be kind of quiet about it because... I'm in my own room and I know I'm not talking. I can't talk to somebody. My parents would like knock on the door and be like, well, what's going on in there? I'm like, Because you, you're an only who child. Who are you talking to? Yes. So. Not you. <laughs> I, why, why are you having this banter about this, the, that you just got in trouble, you know, or something or, or a, a bully at school or something. And it was a way for me to, to tell myself that I love myself and to tell myself that uh, I believe in myself. And it's a real way to do it instead of just saying it. You're really doing it. And it can be, the start of it can be as uncomfortable as it would be to hold hands and look in front of someone's face right in their eyes that you don't know and just to look at them. And that's a, like a acting 101 or improv 101 thing where you just kind of look at someone's, right in someone's face and you just stay still and whatever emotion comes, you mirror what the other person is doing. And so here, literally, you're in a mirror, and you just kind of um, go with it and get closer to yourself. That's really profound, because you just said about someone you don't know, and I was thinking that's really good for... Mm. Uh, so many times, people don't know themselves. I want Sophia to know Or herself. to know each other. Like, I think oh, well, that, yeah. that I yeah. won't be surprised if that's something... I think that's good, you know, for us. Yeah, um, we should do that ourselves. We should take a day that we were going to meditate and meditate, but also we could take a day where, where part of that meditation time is to just look at ourselves, you and me, just look at each other. I mean, that's... Well, that's the thing, is I think that over time, that's what I say, is like you forget to see each other. Like, I don't... I know that that's something that, like, weighs heavy on my heart, and I'm going to say, because 
I made him promise that he is, he's not allowed to die uh, because losing you would just like, I just, I, I can't even, I can't even. And I know that that is a product of my life of, of who I am. And I also know that my response to that is a product of, it, it was my coping mechanism to loss. And I did look around. I don't know. I don't know when it was. And I just was like, I had slowly started to build like a little bit of a wall mm. and just feel you're like, what? Mm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hmm. That's what that was. I no. get that now. <laughs> it's the truth. And when things are challenging for me, so overwhelmingly so. And I think, uh, honestly, I'm going to say it again, just that challenge, just the end of Liam's fight at that other school was just devastating and the pandemic and just so many things that I just felt like I wasn't seeing you anymore. I felt like I was getting through and using all of my energy just to stay strong and be able to do the things that I had to do. Well, sometimes the mom and dad role become the roles, your whole role. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I think and that's a total thing role can be lost. Yeah. I think that, mm -hmm. and it's funny because I know my best friend, Tina, very early on, she was like, Oh, you have to always celebrate your anniversary. You have to always do something. And I think that it is different uh, for every family, but I also know that having Liam and the journey that we've had with him has changed us in a dynamic way. I don't know if we ever would have done the whole leave Sophia at home with a sitter and go celebrate our anniversary. I don't think that was ever fun for us. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, this is a gift of Liam was just the preciousness of time and cutting through really the stuff that maybe wasn't to us. And I'm not saying that it's good or bad for anyone else, but who we are, what is yeah, me? Just, what that, is, just like when what is we us? talk about you uh, not feeling comfortable in a room of strangers and that that's not wrong. No, it's just what the I feel. The couple that becomes an entity in itself and that's us and that's not wrong. And I think, yeah, so I think that what, what Liam brought to the relationship, well, I mean, early on, I just, I remember, you know, the, the pregnancy and how we were all excited. And I think just because he was born so early, I mean, you and Sophia and I all just like hunkered down and we were solidified into this team. Um, again, it was and when we were going through the NICU days, you know, one thing, if your child's in the NICU and you don't get to take them home. That is so hard, you know, and I won't say for a mom, I think it's just hard. Mm -hmm. It's something different. It's not what you planned. It's not what you expect. And there's no words for it for anybody who's experienced it. And it doesn't just happen to children who have Down syndrome. It happens to, you know, our good friends. Um, niece was just born at 23 weeks. Is it 20? I think so. And one thing that I shared with her was that, you know, that connectiveness, like to make everything a celebration, every, I mean, first it was like every day 
I celebrated as a birthday, your one day, because we didn't know how long we were going to be given. You know, we've talked before that that definitely shaped our relationship and our viewpoint on Down, like Down syndrome did not matter to us at that point because I just want him to live. So every day we celebrated and then it was every week. And one thing I told my friend was just, you know, find ways to stay connected, find ways record your, we recorded our voice and we put it on a little iPod with little speakers in the incubator, you know, just bring cookies. And as silly as that sounds, and I think that's why I bring cookies to every IEP and every like PT, like I always bring cookies because I knew that like having that turns it into a celebration and, and it does something. It, it makes it about our son. It makes it about the, the fact that he, he is alive and we're celebrating, we're not going to that, that place that's there, the possibility of celebration and also complete devastation are there at the same time. And they're equally there. And I chose that I was going to celebrate until something made me do otherwise. And I was so fortunate. I was so fortunate that ours were continued to be celebrations mm-hmm. because I know that's not everybody's journey and my heart breaks for those there's I have no words that would ever bring ease and peace but that was a turn in our relationship a huge turn because you know we we brought home that stroller that was missing a piece Mm. when we unpacked it and we had got I don't know how many weeks he had been in the NICU but I remember that we're going to get the stroller because if we get the stroller that means he's coming home Right, and we got it, and it didn't have that piece, and we had to go bring it back. But it was like, but it was, could we not put it together? Something. Uh, yeah. It was something. I don't, maybe it could be put together, but there was something. It could, I don't think it It couldn't was, totally be. And oh. I remember just crumbling on the kitchen floor and just crying and just. Like, we've been why can't I do? Why can't the stroller just, why? Like, mm-hmm. I just, that, stro- who, whoever packed that stroller, I'm so sorry. Because, like, that, that stroller took the brunt of, like, my emotions. I was so angry and, and all the injustice in the world of my child having to fight for his life. Um was in that moment. And that was a crumble moment. And that was a moment that I think that it was another honesty moment where, I mean, I I just, I had to be honest about how I felt. And I feel like for the most part, we get through things by we both were a good team. And we do what we have to do in order to, you know, we did what we had to do. And then we take a, a moment and sometimes what I've, what it, what I learned, what took me a while to learn was to have that conversation. And then what took me even more years to learn was to have the conversation as I'm going, because then it's not so heavy. I'm not, I'm not lifting that weight. You know, I don't have to wait till a certain point to say it. I can just say, you know what, this doesn't feel good, or this makes me sad, or this is what I want, or even why are you using that tone? Or I don't Mm -hmm. think you listen to me or, you know, and sometimes it's true and sometimes it's not. And it doesn't, I feel like I have tried to control every outcome by eliminating the conversations, Mm. like trying to make it good. Like, okay, so like the other day. I said, I want tacos. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah. I'll stop at the groceries. 
And I said, great, because Sophia had this horrible dentist appointment and she wanted something soft. And I said, get her some sushi. And I just, I just want like two tacos. That's all I want is two tacos. And then you came home with all this other stuff, like lots of stuff. And, mm -hmm. and I'll be honest, it was lots of stuff that made lots of dishes. And you were, and you were making the food and leaving. So when I stood up, the, the kitchen was just like a hot mess. And I was just, and I sat there. But no tacos, no sushi. No tacos, no sushi. <laughs> and I just, in that moment, I was like, I can suck it up. And the first thing I did was, I'm so thankful that you cared enough to try to, to get, to go to the store and try to make these other things. And I didn't, I mean, you were already gone, but this is the conversation I mm -hmm. had in my head was, yeah, the first thing, the first thing I should feel is gratitude for whatever, whatever the situation is like, and that I'm not gratitude for IEPs. I mean, like the effort, like, yeah. thank you. Thank you so much for caring. And instead of going to the taco stand, wanting obviously there was a miscommunication <laughs> <laughs> and a forgetting and going how it started <laughs> there was a yeah, forgetting exactly. of how it started exactly. and you had the best intentions because you were leaving and you were i don't know i don't know what you were thinking but i don't wasn't <laughs> but i was thinking i gotta get some food on the plate i don't know i don't know but what i learned was that i just said i think it's because i've been watching modern family and what i realized about modern family it's a really great show but and i know it's a show but it's written by people and the thing that makes that show different is they communicate and they're kind to each other but they communicate if there's a problem and that's the only way really and you can choose to communicate about something or not choose to and then when you do that you do it in a way that's healthy and and kind and that's the only way things change so i think i just said thank you so much for going to the store and getting all of these things but just for the future, um, when I just really only wanted two tacos and all of this other stuff isn't really necessary. And I just for the future, you can just stop anywhere and just get me two tacos. Or I believe that that grocery store has a little place that makes tacos <laughs> in it. But that was and that was just last week. That was just last week. Another point on communication, it's good to just let someone know where you're coming from. Even if it was something not as blatant as that, if it was something where I was like, I'm really not sure why what I'm doing is getting this reaction. Well, to hear and to listen, to truly listen, what the other person says is the way to communicate. It's the way to understand. For us, we are person. not counselors. We are not. It's what's oh, no. worked for our us. Our entire podcast is just us on our experiences. Just learning. Just learning. Just Oh, if I can under, there's things that I'm like, how could you have taken what I said that way? And you explain yourself and you say it. And I go, wow, I never saw it that way. I can totally understand now. Right. So then I can adjust the way I communicate in the first place. But also I feel like when it does go south, like when, you know, it's, it is an argument or something that I, I, I've learned too, that I can be in the the messy stuff 
I can be in the messy stuff. And I, and, and I do think that that is a gift that I got from being in IEPs. And I make a joke. I have one friend, Julie, that I make a joke with. And I'll be like, you can handle that. You've been in IEPs. And whenever I speak with parents or caregivers that have been in IEPs and they have some kind of challenge or it's something that they're taking on, I'm like, hey, man, you can do that. You've, you've, you've went up against the school district in an IEP to get your child supports. You can do that. And I, and I think that is, you know, one of the gifts is that I learned that not only can I do it in this arena, but if I'm going to put that much effort in this arena, then I'm going to put that much effort in my home. And that means talking to my teenage daughter and, you know, talking to my tween aged son and to my husband. And it took me a long time to be okay with it not being, for it being the unknown. And I don't know where it came from that, that need to think that I had to do it right. I don't, I don't know, but I see it. I see it eep into other ways. I see it as a parent of a child with a disability feeling like there's a certain way that I have to present. I feel like, you know, there's a certain way I have to do things because the way society looks at you and Mm -hmm. the judgments that are made or the assumptions and, you know, all of that impacted our relationship, all of that did in these little ways. And again, having Liam, the birth of Liam, it's just been a gift because I don't know if our relationship would have evolved this way. I don't know. Oh no, it wouldn't. If like, it no, okay, it wouldn't have. You're no. you're absolutely right because I would have I would have blindly gone through the education system. I would have never seen any injustice <laughs> for anyone. I'm la 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 la, <laughs> and our daughter was not getting the support she needed. Yeah. And you know, like I, I, it's just such a profound gift. And even knowing this is a profound gift, like I just saw someplace that there was this person that has like some celebrity from a reality show and they had a child, uh, a newborn that has Down syndrome. And I was just like inside, I was just like, oh, please let this be a gift to our community. Please let the conversations and the narratives be something that propels us to change. And I'll be honest, I didn't really read much um, because of course the people who are reporting on it use like horrible language that is misrepresentation of what it means and Mm. all, you know what I mean? Like terrible and, you know, devastating, devastating, not terrible, devastating news and blah, 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 blah. I don't, how is she coping? How? Yeah. And it's just, Oh, I just want to reach out and I just want to say, man, you're going to be, let me just tell you the reality. Let me just tell you, you're going to see it, but your voice is so important. That voice is so important. All of our voices are so important. But people and with a bigger stage. You're so important yeah. to the the message that is out there. That's a gift that I didn't possess before Liam was born. That was not I I I personally didn't really think my voice had too much power, um, value, worth, impact, all of those great things that came from my upbringing. But from, when you take it into the microcosm of this community we have with parents of children with down syndrome you can see how you can make a little bit of a change and how that can spread yeah yeah and i don't like i i was just for some reason i just had a flash because i'm thinking like okay this is our anniversary episode and this is what we knew if if we knew then like if we knew if we knew then for the anniversary yeah yeah if if we knew then like when we were getting married how much more profound my life would be how much beauty how just the core of my life, like how things have really come down to the core, to the most simple things. 
all of these words are things I'm sure I said because I read so many books. I mean, I love beat poetry and I went to San Francisco to City Lights Bookstore and where Jack Kerouac once sat. And, you know, I, all of those things were words that I spoke. Obviously watching Oprah and reading every self-help book that, was, that ever came my way. They were all theories that I thought I explored and I thought had taken hold, but really they were just like, maybe, maybe they weren't even seeds. Maybe they were just like still in the packet and laying on the ground, wherever you're going to, like when you're figuring out what your garden's going to look like, I'm going to put this here and this here and this here, put some self-worth there. I'm going to put like communication here. You know, maybe I'm going to move that over. And then that's a factor of youth too. I mean, at least that's how it worked for us. I mean, for me, I know I'm the deeper person than I was when mm-hmm. I was in my 20s. Well, but I always had some depth because of what I had come through as mm-hmm. a child. Like mm-hmm. my life, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't ignorant to challenge and to... But if mis- you knew then... Yeah, like what I'm saying is that the challenges that I came through as a child and a young adult that formed my viewpoint and who I had decided that I was going to, what I was going to make from my challenges. And I thought it was like, I mean, I thought those were deep roots, but then our relationship and our children and then Liam, Liam really, I mean, I think I still was to a certain level, but I think it was just Liam. And when you see something that is so misrepresented, And when you learn about injustice, and I had learned about it firsthand in a different way, but when you learn about the wrongdoings, when you, when you learn about how something is so profoundly misrepresented and because of that impacts so many others, and I'm not even saying it just the people with the individuals with Down syndrome, but our whole world our world would be so much better if it just understood and if it just knew what I know. I feel like I have this golden ticket secret like, oh my gosh, like today, Liam came in and I was uh, in the bathroom washing my face and I was just like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm just washing my face. I'll be right out. And he was like, um, let me shut the door for you. When he shut the door, it tucked the light out that was in the hallway. And he was like, mm, which light would you like? Would you like this one or this one? Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's great. And he goes, I got you. And he did that. And then he shut the, and then he did this like, and he winked at me. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> that's Just like, from. Uh, what is that from? Oh, it's from. Zootopia. Zootopia. Yeah, I got that. you. And then he shut the door. And I was like, damn. I hope everybody has a moment like that in their life. I get them every day, multiple times. Just this human who just cares about me and loves me and is like, I got you and takes his time. And I get the joy of, oh man, his expressive language. They, they, they got his speech therapist at school. And also he's opening up more and he's more comfortable in middle school and he's making that trajectory. And I can hear his words and I'm like, life is so exciting. Life is so exciting. And I'm at an age where sometimes life isn't exciting anymore. And my life is freaking exciting every day, every single day. I talk to my friends sometimes and I'm like, no, man, you're still alive, dude. Every day you're given. 
You get to you get to create this life. You get to be alive. And I and and don't like, I'm always like don't listen to the naysayers. And you do this, and you're strong, and you're powerful. And I'm like cheerleaders for the people I love. And I know I get that because I am a witness to Liam's life, mm-hmm. and I am a cheerleader for Liam. But Liam is a cheerleader for me. Like that, just such a cheerleader for, and not like mom, I'm gonna be your cheerleader. Just in everything mm-hmm. that he does, like. I can't imagine if he decided he was going to be a cheerleader, what he would sound like. Like, just like if he decided that he was going to be like inspirational or uplifting. It's just, it's, is. it just is. Yeah, you're right. It just is. And that has, has changed me. If I would have known then how I still had so much further to go, I, I don't know if I could have processed it. I don't know if I would have believed it. It's nice to look back at the last 18 years and to see where you've come. Yeah. What you've learned, like I've learned empathy. I don't even know if that was, I knew compassion. I knew that word, compassion, but I didn't know what empathy was. If you would have told me empathy, I would have thought, oh, empathy is what we, you know, when someone's going through something, but it's not. You don't have to be going through something. You don't have to like, somebody could just, that's their, that's their day. That's who they are. You can empathize if some, whatever, if they're feeling something, it's just acknowledge. It's like acknowledgement of someone else. Seeing and acknowledging mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. And if I can't see myself, which I didn't because I didn't have that nifty little mirror thing that you did mm. when you were 10. I didn't have the, that I didn't see myself. How am I going to see others? But it was through seeing that I could see, like seeing Liam, I could see myself. And we've talked before. It took me a little while to really see him. So we're, we're fortunate because we're a team. And, you know, teams come in all shapes and sizes. They, they look different in everybody's house and everybody's home and everybody's community. They just, they look, whatever your team is, whoever your partner on this journey is, is it a best friend, uh, someone in your family, a community, whatever, whatever that looks like, what matters is you have support. What matters is that you know that you're loved and you have somebody that you love, that you look out for. Look out for. That's what teammates do. We look out for each other. They cover each other's backs. Yeah. And, you know, you're going to be tired, but if you could just, if you just take one moment, just one breath to look at each other and just remember that you're on the same team. You're not alone. And if you are alone, you're still not alone because you got that mirror. And I mean that in all seriousness. You have the power of you. And it's beautiful and strong and able with all the possibility out there. And that is not something that I knew 18 years ago. Because supporting each other or ourselves through love and encouragement is the greatest gift that we can give to any relationship. And it's why I'm thankful for you. And I'm thankful for this 18 years. I love you, boo. Love you. And we love each and every one of you that are listening because we know that your time is precious. And this, this community that we have, this marriage that we have with you, it's evolved over the last three years. And I think I've, I've changed even in a lot of the ways that we spoke about today 
over the last three years, really. So thank you. And happy anniversary. Please follow us on Twitter at If We Knew Then Pod, and you can drop us a line on our Facebook page at If We Knew Then Pod, or visit our website, If We Knew Then.com, to send us an email with questions and comments. And you can join our mailing list there and get alerts of future podcast episodes. All these links will be added to this episode's show notes. Thank you again, and we look forward to you joining us on the next episode of If We Knew Then. Come and